0: In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed by to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you.
1: What on earth is this kind of greeting? I've never heard this kind of greeting in my life.
0: Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your room and bear a son. And you should call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give, you, will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will, never, will be, there will be no end.
1: How will this be, since I am a virgin?
0: The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God, and behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this, is, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing is impossible with God.
1: Will I be pregnant in the power of the Holy Spirit, even with knowing no man? How can I believe this? Yes, it is true that our people of Israel have long been yearning and waiting for the Messiah under this painful Roman occupation. But is it through me being pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit that this happens? This is so confusing. What should I say? Wait, how about Joseph, my dear fiancé? What would he think of me? Would he believe me if I tell him that I am pregnant by the Holy Spirit? I could be cast out from my family and possibly stoned. But what if I say no to this stranger? What if this is truly from the God of Abraham, our ancestor, and the prophecy of the Messiah spoken by many prophets is now coming true? If this is really from the Lord, I must be courageous, since the Lord is faithful, delivering Daniel from the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the burning and blazing fiery furnace, the Lord Jehovah-Jireh, who prepared a ram for Isaac. Our ancestor Abraham feared the Lord and believed the Lord, and he became a father of faith, if this is truly coming from the Lord our God, he will be faithful in protecting me and saving me from whatever dangers, as it is written in the scriptures. O Lord our God, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, be with me as you were with our ancestors, and be my salvation, and be our salvation. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word.
2: Good morning want to thank Rachel for uh, lending us her skills and Brooke and AJ and and Natalie as well with uh, our scripture in in a drama form and we we, we've lit the candle of hope the, the first candle for the Advent season and and today we look at hope what what is hope what do we hope for and so here, here are some phrases that we have used, and, I, and I've used some of these for hope. I hope it doesn't rain today. I hope it doesn't snow today. I hope the sun shines. Amen. Amen. Yes. <laughs> um, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving weekend. I hope that my Lions sometime this season win at least one football game. Um, yeah. Um, At least Michigan beat Ohio State yesterday. That's good. I hope everyone has safe travels. And as we get to this season and the Christmas season, that there's safe travels for everyone that's going wherever or people that are coming in. I hope I never have another heart attack. Um, I hope my kids and grandchildren all grow in Christ Accepting him as the Lord and Savior. I hope. I hope. Whatever those words may be, I hope. Um, and, and those phrases that I've just used, and many that, that you m- may have had come to your mind, we use the word hope, the same word. However, I don't think that every one of the phrases that I've used are of equal importance or equal level of, of depth. Some of them a bit frivolous, some deeper, meaningful, more heartfelt. And, And some statements with hope can be kind of in between. But we all hope for something. And one of the thoughts of hope can be a bit more of just wishful thinking. I hope something good will happen, like the child on Christmas morning. I hope for a certain gift that I had on my list. And the Webster Dictionary says this of hope. To want something to happen or be true and to think that it could happen or be true. So there's a bit of a wistful wishing. Something to happen. Kind of very surfacey. But right below that, there's another part of that definition that's identified that I believe is a little bit more the biblical hope. It would be a desire accompanied by expectation of or a belief in fulfillment. In, in preparing for today, the, the hope that the Bible has, I've seen described in, in these two words, confident expectation. That is hope. That is the hope that we have as Christians. So there's more to hope than just a wish. First uh, 1 Peter, 1:3. 1, Peter says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So not just a hope that's whimsical, lacking depth or meaning, but a living, meaningful hope, something that's alive, something that's active and based on something that's going to be eternal, lasting forever. So when, when we think of the hope with Mary as we start the Advent season, our focus today, kind of two questions. Where does that hope that Mary had come from? What is that hope based on? And then, and then what is the, how does that apply to us? Whatever she had for hope that moved her forward through her life, our hope should be the same thing as we move through our life and look to eternal life. So the, the drama that uh, Natalie, Brooke, and A.J. completed was based on Luke 1, 26 through 38. But some of Mary's thoughts, the, the kind of the second half of that drama, had the flavor from verses 46 through 55, which was, is known as Mary's song, the Magnificat. And so I want to read that. So th- this would be Luke 1, 46 through 55, he has scattered those who are proud for their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So as, as, as Mary sings her song, she has a deep and meaningful hope that's expressed in those words and in that song. So there's three aspects to the hope that Mary had that I want to look at today. And and these aren't necessarily occurring in order within the verses. Uh, They're not mutually exclusive. They're not independent of each other. So there's some blending. There's some overlap within these three as how they occur and how they're experienced. But I think all three are important for what she expressed and experienced and are important and meaningful for us today as well. So first, I believe Mary's hope was based on an understanding of the scriptures and the prophecies that she would have heard handed down through generations. In 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 13, God instructed the prophet Nathan to tell David when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. Your own flesh and blood and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. <clears throat> referring to Jesus. In Numbers twenty-four seventeen, the prophet Balaam also spoke and foretold of Jesus. He said I see him but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. And then Isaiah prophesied two different times. First in 7.14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give you, give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. And then just later in Isaiah 9:6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So those four locations in Scripture, Mary would have known those for telling of a Savior whose kingdom would last forever. Coming through the lineage of Abraham, lineage of Jacob, also known as Israel, the lineage of David, who was to be a son, born of a virgin. And so, you know, we heard here as, you know, recognition. Well, Mary said, I'm just a virgin. And so I've got to believe that in her mind she's questioning how it's possible, but I've also got to believe that she's remembering back to some of these words and we have got to be thinking that God's working in her mind saying, yes, Mary, you are the virgin that was referred to back in Isaiah. Yes, Mary, your son is going to be called the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That's that process of pondering, of being humble. So she had hope. She accepted what her role was going to be because she knew the background on which that hope was founded. She knew the word of God. She knew the scriptures. She knew what to look for. And in those days, listen for to have that hope and a basis of that hope. And then I also have to believe that later on, as all of a sudden Mary's starting to realize, okay, I'm going to have this baby in Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 says this, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So there's more revelation that I believe keeps happening for Mary beyond just that first interaction with Gabriel. So Mary had hope because she knew God's word. And when things continued to come true, the prophecies came true, she recognized where and how some of those were happening. And her hope became stronger and even more sure as time passed. Second, Mary would have been aware of the goodness of God in the history of her people. Mary would have been aware of why there is hope in trusting in God. So, so part of what was uh, recited here, she would have known that God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, parted the Red Sea, guided them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, fed them manna. She would have, uh, he would have been with, God would have been with Joshua. Joshua. As the walls of Jericho fell, he would have aided Gideon in his battle against the Midianites, protected David as he defeated Goliath, and and all the other stories. Mary would have known those stories of faithfulness. And, And one way to be encouraged in hope is to hear stories of God protecting and leading his people, whether it's back in biblical times or it's for us today. So have have others shared their stories of faith and hope with you in the past? And have you shared your stories of faith and hope with others? I want to quickly share just two stories of God's faithfulness. Um, Rhett Walker is a Christian musician. Started back in 2011. A pastor's kid from South Carolina. And growing up, ended up getting his girlfriend pregnant at age 17. And the way they ended up doing it, after two months of dating, they got married, being pregnant. And the the quote that he said in an interview is, we knew we messed up. We were scared. We were fearful. And then he said, we were not in the statistics of a marriage that should survive. Hey, they've been married now 16 years and have four kids. There's mistakes that people make. But in the interview for the song, the newest song that he has saying, uh, that's titled Good to Me, he shares of some of those ups and downs, the struggles and the challenges that they face. And within that struggle, went through a process of rededicating his ministry of singing to God's calling, to God's leading. And the chorus of that song, good to me. He says this, I will look the storm in the eye. I won't fear because you're on my side. My first hope. My last word, now and forever. Let it rain, let it pour, I will sing. All you've ever been is good to me. A process of trusting in God's hope, God's leading, feeling his strength, within you as you go through those trials. That is hope. Sharing that provides hope and encouragement for others. The second one, Buster Posey was a baseball catcher for the San Francisco Giants who just within the last months has retired. Twelve seasons in the majors. Parts of uh, three World Series titles with the Giants, an all-star, multiple times. 2010, he won the Rookie of the Year Award. 2011, second year in the majors, he had a, there was a collision at home plate and he broke his leg. I mean, a pretty severe shattering of his leg. Many times that can be career-ending. 2012, the very next year, came back and he won the MVP. He has a faith that he has shared at different times. 2019, he dealt with additional injuries. 2020, the season of COVID, he actually opted out and stayed home with his wife and two sets of twins. Now think of that, two sets of twins, that's busy. He could have been out playing baseball. But there's his commitment to family and his calling as a Christian father. Just this past year, 2021, the Giants won the most games in the majors, 107 games. And he's anticipated to be in the Hall of Fame when he comes eligible. But beyond anything that he has ever done on the field, was his testimony with his faith in Jesus. There's a, um, an interview that he was part of in uh, 2020, December 21 of 2020, with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Heart and Soul Interview. Uh, that, that's the title. You, you can look it up and see. It's about a 40-minute interview that goes on. And within that interview, he spoke of the challenge of injury and the slumps that all baseball players end up facing and have to work their way through. But he also was speaking of his faith as those challenges rose. And his faith was strengthened over the years. Spoke of the goodness of God and his experience and devotion to family and a community of faith. And one of the biggest things that occurred within that process, they took questions from college and high school baseball players concerning their walk in faith as baseball players, wherever they were. And he gave answers of how you go through life being a Christian baseball player. So he was providing an example, providing an opportunity for younger individuals, younger people to know and grow the faithfulness of God. And so just as Rhett Walker and Buster Posey share their experiences, do we share our experiences with our kids, with our grandkids, with our friends, with those that we have relationships with? Do we share the stories of why we are committed to walking a faithful life and sharing the times when, even through struggle, we've stayed true, trusting in God, knowing of his presence. And I'll say, do our, do our prayers even reflect some of that thankfulness and that, that commitment that we have? Mary had those strong examples from the past. She, she referred to those in her song. And that provides hope for all those that hear. Hope that God will also be good to her. That's what she claimed So those past stories gave her hope. Third, Mary knew of the promise of God's restorative power and trusted that that was the beginning of a new story. This baby that was going to be born. Okay, now here's some different power, some different strength. A different story was going to be happening and then she left it in God's hand and said, Lord, use me. In verse 48 of Mary's song, she says, From now on, all generations will call me blessed. A humble statement. In verses 54 and 55, she says, He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So thinking back to the children of Israel, the exodus, they were promised a land. And so Mary knew of that promised land, flowing in milk and honey. She knew of the journey, the 40 years that they would have spent wandering, getting to that promised land. And so the the question kind of can come into play, what, what was Mary expecting within her willingness to give of herself to the Spirit. What did she envision as the future? Um, you know, when when you have kids, you don't know what their future is. Well, if you're told by an angel, um, I, I still think Mary had a huge ton of answer, ton of questions with all the things that Gabriel laid out. How is that going to happen? But she was expecting. She was anticipating. And Mary had a front row seat. But she was willing to say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. So, in those two sentences, there is humility and openness to being used by God, not knowing what the next 33 years were going to be. And she didn't know it was going to be 33 years that Jesus is going to be walking this earth. But she was willing. And she trusted that this was something different. There was a hope, a confident expectation that everything that Gabriel was saying was going to come to pass. And so when Mary begins her song, right at the very beginning in verse 46, she said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Rejoices in God, my Savior. So she's recognizing, even in that statement right away, that she was in need of a Savior, just like each of us. In Romans 5, 1 and 2, Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So our hope of the glory of God is not based on how good we are, what our good deeds may be, but justified through a heart of repentance and a merciful God. Faith in an almighty father, faith in Christ's blood cleansing our sin, faith in the resurrection, the victory over death, faith in a promised land of a world that is different from this earth. This is not where we belong. We're just a passing through. The promise of heaven, faith and hope that God will be walking with us each step of those that way. Romans 3 uh, through 5, Paul continues. He said, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And and that phrase, hope does not put us to shame, can, can, can be a little confusing. What does that mean? Well, it basically means hope will not disappoint. As we have hope, it will not lead to disappointment. But notice the sequence that was there. The end result of hope started at the beginning with suffering. Things not going our way. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. So the hope that Mary had and the hope that we have is a result and a sequence because of trials, Suffering that we've occurred in the past, but with God's guiding hand, his people and we are called to persevere. and as His people have persevered, God has been faithful, and God will be faithful. so therefore, we have a confident expectation we have hope in him hebrews ten twenty three makes the statement very simply and boldly. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So we have hope that begins with the baby Jesus. We have the same hope of Mary as she anticipated what those days and weeks would be like raising him, going through life's up and downs as a mother, trusting in the promise that Gabriel gave her to walk with her. We have the same hope of a promised land that was given to her ancestors. September of this past year, just just a couple months ago, Toby Mac released a new song called Promised Land. In the first two verses of the song, he sings of a a challenging, difficult life with challenges, losses, striving to be faithful to God's call. And the video that goes along with it shows basically a a miner who's gone through Challenging time. And within the video, it, it kind of be evident that he's this minor has lost family. And he's alone. There's no wife in the video. So my assumption has always been he lost a spouse. But through all the questions and the challenges of life, here, here's a line. Maybe someday I will understand. So I'm wondering. Got me wondering. Where's my promised land? In the middle of difficulties, there are times we say, God, where are you? Where's my promised land? But later in the song, additional line says, "Well, I've run this earth for many years and there's one thing I know, there's nowhere on this side of heaven where streets are made of gold. I wanna say that again. There's nowhere on this side of heaven the streets are made of gold. There can be challenges that we face. But then the line continues. I won't give up on this race. Broken, but I still have faith that this old life is all part of a plan. And I can feel it in my soul. One day I'll stand before the throne with nothing left but hope in these two hands. I still have faith. I still trust. I still have hope. And the song closes with this. Through all these seasons, I'm still believing. You are my promised land. In all my grieving, I'm still believing. You are are my promised land. And that's where our hope lies. Our promised land is not here on Earth. Our promised land is in Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the process of walking faithfully day by day. Peter has been referred to as the Apostle of Hope, and I read this earlier, 1 Peter 1.3, but I'm gonna read it again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus provides us a living hope through his death and resurrection. Jesus Christ is the hope that we have. Jesus Christ is the hope for this world. And as we begin Advent, Jesus Christ has come to earth. Jesus is our hope today, tomorrow, and for years to come. Keep our eyes on him. That's where our hope is.